as the angel who revealed himself to Joseph, speaking of the Virgin Mary in a dream, said, she will bear a son. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet, or by the prophet, Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. That's Christmas. Hope dawning. Not just longer days, but hope arising. Our good and mighty creator descended into chaos stood up against greed, ironically, hatred, injustice, and God in Christ conquered sin and ultimately even overcame death. But not as a military superpower or dominant force or anything of that, but of all things, he came as an infant child born nowhere to no one at least of anyone of any significance not in a bed or even a building but in a manger an animal trough in some random stable in a little town called Bethlehem it's still there Bethlehem And so the Christ was born, the savior of the world, in a place riddled with brokenness, hope shone forth. Only in the most unlikely manner imaginable. Not in some spectacular show of strength. Not in some uh, fancy, elaborate, spiritual manner. As a child, as a child. It would seem, as we reflect this morning, that God has a thing about revealing himself in the unspectacular. The unspectacular and utterly vulnerable, it's where we find him, it's where we find God, it's where hope hides. And this is Christmas, this is God with us. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? It reminds me, um, I don't know if I've ever shared this story. Um, forgive me if I have. It's my Christmas Eve story. Um, it was a number of years ago, before we had children um, and still had some kind of life. Shirley and I, we, uh, we decided on Christmas Eve that we would go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Um, this was back in the UK, and, you know, it was one of those things where we were feeling very, very Christian, and we thought this, this, would be, this would be a good thing to do, and it was. So we found a soup kitchen um, that was serving homeless people on Christmas Eve, and we just signed up. It was really easy. We showed up, and uh, they, they put us to work. Shirley was put on the, the soup line um, 
for whatever reason, they, they decided to kind of put me out in the room. Um, it was mostly uh, homeless men who were there, and they needed a few of us just to interact with the guys, play some games, have some conversations, just be human and decent. So that was, that was my job. Do you remember this, Shirley? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had it in my mind that, that I was there that night uh, to, to hopefully say or, or in some way be something that would, would bless one of the men there. I mean, it's Christmas Eve, for God's sake. They have, no, they have no home. They have no family. Um, but they do, they're estranged. So I thought, let, let me be that, that light in that soup kitchen that night. And so I found some guy who would talk to me. And uh, I can't remember his name. I can see him so vividly. Big guy, really big guy. And uh, he was into cards. So we started playing some cards. I think we were playing bridge. I had no idea how to play. But we were playing bridge. And the whole time, I, 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 I nervously sat there thinking to myself, somehow I've got to say something to this guy. I've got to tell him about Jesus. I've got to somehow impart some, some kind of hope to this guy tonight. So I, I sat there awkwardly trying to, to find some, some sort of segue to Jesus. Um, and then I went on. I finally just managed to kind of blurt his name out. Jesus. And I said, what, what do you think about Jesus? And uh, he paused. He looked at me. He stood up. And he reached his hand in his pocket. And pulled out his hand. And he opened it. And this big old paw of his, this dirty, dirty, giant hand had this tiny, dirty little wooden cross that he showed me. And he said, I've been carrying this cross around now for over 20 years. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's been walking with me for as long as I can remember. He's never let me down. And he put that little wooden cross back in his pocket and I had nothing to say after that. <laughs> I found hope. I found hope in the pocket of a homeless man that night. I realized that God has this way. God has this way of revealing himself in the unspectacular, in the humble, in the unlikely, in the easily passed over circumstances and aspects of life. How do you feel about Christmas this year? How, how are you doing with hope this season? How do you feel about hope? You know, eventually we, uh, we will all come to a place in our lives where we will need it. Um, you may not so much now, um, but inevitably, we will all come to junctures in life where we will begin to scramble and look around and attempt to, to hold on to something that will be some kind of anchor uh, for our soul, for life. Whether it's, it's our marriage that's, that is holding on by a thread, whether it's our family that just feels broken up, uh, health, it's always a thing, um, debt of biblical proportions, it could be regret. It could be a million and one different things, but life has a way of, of backing us into a corner so that eventually you're gonna, you're gonna be looking to something or to someone 
for some sense of hope. Because without hope, uh, we will give up. When, when you've exhausted all possibilities, when willpower's beginning to wane and run out, hope, hope, that's all we've got. Because without it, we will give up. We will resign to despair. Stop believing, we'll stop praying, and we'll simply move on. And we'll leave more brokenness in the wake of our life. But hope, this is what Christmas is about. In the busyness of the holidays and life, where is Jesus to be found? Where is he? In America? I love America. I am one. American. But we really, we have a way. We have a way of commercializing virtually anything and everything we touch. And although we find the word Christ um, in Christmas, uh, it's not difficult to overlook him um, in a season like, like this one. Where is Jesus to be found today? The scriptures are full of people who seemingly pr- practically run into hope and yet oftentimes completely miss him, overlook Jesus. For example, if we just go through the Christmas story, in Matthew chapter one, we begin with Joseph, Mary's husband-to-be. Initially, all he sees is a scandal. You know the story. The Virgin Mary, Joseph's betrothed, probably very young teenager wife, is about to be, or is already, pregnant. And Joseph, being a decent guy, decides to just divorce her in secret. And an angel comes to him, reveals itself to Joseph in a dream. And he says, what you see is a scandal. Let me, let me spare you. It's your savior. And the angel says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Then there's the wise men, the magi. I don't know if there was three, maybe there was two, maybe there was four, but there were some wise men who came from the east. And they were looking for, they were looking for a king. They had been watching the sky and they'd seen a particular star arise. And so they had traveled from the far east, looking for a king to worship. Naturally, they went to see uh, the king in that region, a guy named Herod. All King Herod saw was a conspiratorial threat and proceeded to order the mass slaughter of every infant in that region, every little boy two years and younger. It was emphasized. The wise men, they saw a star Herod, he saw a threat. In Luke chapter one, we have Mary. Initially, Mary, she saw an impossibility. 
I like Mary because she, I think, reflects a lot of us. We hear the story, and we're like, ah, that's, no, that doesn't, mm mm-mm. Virgins don't have babies conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's weird. We've disproven that, have we not? And so she didn't believe it. She saw an impossibility. Initially, despite even having an angel, Gabriel, okay, this is, this is kind of, he's sort of a big deal among angels. And this isn't a dream, this is some sort of actual visitation. Gabriel the angel comes to visit Mary and says, you're gonna, you're gonna have a baby, even though you're a virgin. And Mary could only see an impossibility before her. But after a little persistence, the angel convinced her and Mary uttered those incredible words, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She came around and she believed, according to your word. Then there's uh, Elizabeth, Mary's relative, the mother of John who becomes John the Baptist. You guys remember how she responded? She might be my favorite. Elizabeth, one of Mary's relatives, when she heard Mary's greeting, her baby leapt in her womb and exclaimed, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, for when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. How incredible is that? So John, who later on becomes John the Baptist, the first one to recognize the true identity of Jesus. Do you recall? We actually talked about the river last week. John the Baptist was standing in the River Jordan baptizing people, and along comes Jesus, and he exclaims, there he goes, Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who comes to take away the sins of the world. John the Baptist somehow saw Jesus for who he was before either one of them were even born. That's incredible. It says something about seeing Jesus, about experiencing hope. And then finally, in Luke chapter two, there were the shepherds. The shepherds watching over the sheep out on the side of a hill at night. Remember what happened with them? Said an angel appeared. A lot of angels involved in the birth of Jesus. An angel appeared. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And it says that they were scared to death. Fear. They were filled with fear. But then the angel said to them, Fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill among men. Can you imagine it? Out on the side of some little hill, just outside of Bethlehem, all of a sudden the night sky is just alit 
with a host of angels singing praises to God. And what do they do next? They go looking for their king and they find him. Only not in pomp, not in the temple, not in some palace, not in some sort of incredible display of spiritual prowess, but in a manger. Can we go to the next slide? A little baby laying in a feeding trough. I reckon it was quite dark, dirty, scary. I can imagine Mary, Joseph, feeling terrified. Gosh, I was terrified when, when my little boy Isaac came into the world. And we were in a hospital. Everything was sterile. <laughs> I can remember being handed that, that little boy. We, we had all, th- all three of our kids in the UK, I, so I don't really know what it's, it's like here, but I'd seen the movies, and I thought the nurses were supposed to take the baby and like go put it in a room someplace and take care of it for you. <laughs> they handed me the boy, and then they, everyone just left. Shirley had to go get sewed up. They took care of her, and it was just me and the boy. I was scared to death. He lived. <laughs> we made it. But this teenage couple, no room in the inn left to have her baby in the darkness. Probably a few animals around, if I had to imagine. This season, or this year, as you perhaps catch yourself praying, looking for hope, you know, those those times come, even if you're not a praying person, even if you say, look, I'm just here because, you know, it's Christmas and whatever. I get it. Not everyone here is a believer. You will eventually catch yourself praying. I, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I've been there. Every one of us at different points in life and throughout the year will begin to look for hope. Something's going to happen it could be big, it could be catastrophic, it could be quite simple, maybe not even as hard as, as, as you might think. It's all relative. But when you catch yourself looking for hope, remember, in Jesus Christ, God is with us. God is close. He's not far off. He's not in some feeling or some sort of intellectual ascension or supreme knowledge. He's not the spark inside. He's God who comes close. If or when you find yourself stumbling around in the dark, 
grasping for some kind of hope to hold on to. Know that he's not far away. He's not in the lottery or the new tax break. He's not in a better job. He's not in a bigger house or even some kind of spectacular display of spirituality. Just wait. Be still. Take a deep breath and cry out. Call on Jesus. Close your eyes. Open your heart. You will find hope. Even in the dark. God is with us. He's closer than we could possibly fathom. I'd like to pray as we close. Um, Casey, can you ask the kids to come up? If you're a parent with kids downstairs, I think it would be nice if our kids could join us um, as we sing one or two closing songs, carols, and worship our King.